makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power and power. Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart, and it's a good day for all of us to be here. And this is First Voices Radio, and I send you greetings and strength from the east gate of Turtle Island, where the sun and the water touch the earth at once, and I'm Teokas and Ghost Horse. And this is an all-native-hosted, all-native-produced First Voices Radio, now in its 29th year broadcasting in our Producer is Liz Hill, and you can hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprouts, Spotify, as well as First Voices Indigenous Radio.org. Well, our first guest is Eda Savala Lopez, is dedicated to the Amazonian indigenous healing practices by leading ceremonies with medicinal plants, practicing ancient ways of healing knowledge and empowering her people, the Wari, and preserving their sacred territories. And as a Kuandera, Edda directly uses the power of medicinal plants to help heal people emotionally and spiritually, especially women. And as a spiritual leader in her village, she is deeply committed to indigenous Peruvian people in defending their sacred territories and protecting their lands. And more information about Edda can be found at edazavalalopez.com. Edda Zavala Lopez. And again, she is a direct descendant of the Wari people of Peru. And um, I'm going to play this conversation that we had uh, with Edda as a Kuandera, and the, the true essence and meaning in her life is honoring the wisdom of her ancestors and practicing the skills that nature, plant medicines, and indigenous elders pass on to her, and in how she sees the consciousness of that. And we talk about the intellectual property, the intellectual rights, and how they are actually having to live those rather than going to the UN or any place else. It's the plants giving you legality, not some piece of paper or an office or a government. It's the plants giving you the authority. So with that, we're going to pick up this interview with Ada, talking about consciousness as we go, go there as two Native people. Thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio. Yeah, let's, let's, 
let's have a conversation about um, consciousness, you know, and okay. the, the relationship you have with the plants, especially the medicinal plants that you work with or that work with you, actually. Native people have a, we're not exclusive, but I think because of our long continuing relationship with the earth and with the way the plants give us medicine is that that's not too far away. We're still there with it and in our stories, in our consciousness, in our language, and that's there. It's not so much conceptual, but it's more how we feel we where we are and we can really gauge um, what's happening to the earth in a sense. What do you think about consciousness of the earth? Oh, first of all, thank you so much for this uh, incredible invitation, which is amazing and I really honor you, really honor my you know, relatives up in the north and um, like original people, you know, that we all, you and I, we all carry this ancient wisdom, this uh, incredible, you know, almost subtle philosophy related to Mother Earth and the universe, you know, and um, so we, we are, I mean, we as an original people, we are far, far away from these current times in terms of what is the real meaning of being a human society. You know, um, I think that uh, after all of these uh, hundreds of years where civilization, you know, tried so hard to uh, put us in this kind of uh, uh, enclosed, you know, as a part of this uh, society, you know, the formal society. Uh, I think, I think at the time when these people, these other people coming from other continents, you know, where they practice it, other type of philosophy, other type of relationship with Mother Nature, uh, they already pushed us to break down our incredible wisdom related to Mother Earth and the universe. They already pushed uh, us to uh, avoid the natural wisdom that we all, as, a, as an original people, we all carry. And actually, related to these current times, you know, dear relative, I, I can see, you know, the deep, the deep concern that uh, millions of humans already have related to all to those types of pandemic, to those types of uh, illnesses, but still, but still because they decided to divorce from mother nature and, you know, her wisdom, they don't get it. They don't get it, you know, the, 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 the claim that mother nature is telling us and they don't get it because they already missed 
every single relationship with Mother Nature and the real wisdom of humanity. And if that happens right now, who knows about the future? Who knows about the existence of humans in general? Who knows about those types of civilizations that they already, you know, push us to embrace in the name of progress, in the name of uh, being success, in the name of money, you know, and power. So, so the real, the tricky part that we already, especially original people, indigenous people like us, we already have to say, stop, stop, stop to abuse the wisdom, stop to abuse the love, stop to abuse the great value of Mother Earth. And stop with all of this insane approach of being powerful. What is the point? What is the point? So how we pretend to be more powerful, more important than Mother Earth and the universe? Because they already created us. So why we pretend that we are superior? Superior of what? In the name of what, you know? And uh, so every time when I have this chance to speak out because I am indigenous, because I come from this very ancient wisdom, because I practice the real values of being honest, speak my truth, honoring my ancestry, honoring mother nature, protecting and fighting for mother nature, for mother earth, protecting and fighting for the resources and the rights of indigenous people in the Amazon jungle. So I see my relative that I, I have the authority to say that. Mm. I already have the authority to say that because I honor my ancestors, because I honor the wisdom of my elders, because I really care about, I really care about my people. Yes. Even if they are not original people, I carry for them too. When they ca they come down to Peru, when they want to come down to Peru and be in the Amazon jungle because we are around, carry this ancient wisdom related to medicinal plants, related to the sacred and master plants, we don't pretend that we carry this wisdom. We have already the wisdom. And they claim for help, to support, you know, to heal their soul. And we do. And we already do. Even that many of them try to take advantage of our being humble and, and open and sensitive. And we already share the knowledge. We already share the wisdom. We already ask, and then what? And then what? You know, it's just, I don't accept that. I, 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 don't, I don't care if they feel that I am this kind of uh, 
um, I mean, ugly Indian woman or this kind of uh, egotistic India, Indian woman or this kind of whatever they want to, to, to call me. I'm not. I'm just trying to remind them that the wisdom of Mother Earth is not related to any topic that means money. Wow, that is profound. You you studied anthropology and, and sociology in Lima, and yet your your life that you live is of a curandera. Is that right? The cu- curandera. Yes. And, and I'm wondering how how do you balance that? I mean, what you said before is how you are living now, but how is that to be balanced when a lot of non-natives come and they take a class or this class and all of a sudden they become a shaman and they don't understand that it's not just the title or the label, it's actually the experience of living that all your life as you have. And I'm wondering, what can we say to these walk-ons people who um, are assuming that they have relationship with the earth, which is kind of true, but yet they, in their search, as you said, they come to Peru, they're looking for a connection. And yet they, they maybe it's not, it's the understanding of they don't have a relationship with the land. I thought about Europe. They have, the land is tired in Europe because of all the abuse and the constant bordering and the fighting and wars, whereas in Western Hemisphere, it's still fairly new. And I feel that you're speaking from that that wisdom, that indigenous experience. And I, I think it's not a separation, as we say it in this language of English, because in, in, as we feel the relationship with each other, that there is no separation. Yeah, you're right. There is no separation. But let me tell you something. And and please don't take my words like I am so, I mean, arrogant, because I'm not. I am so proud of being Indian. That is the truth. I'm so proud to be Indian. You know, wise, intelligent, beautiful, and powerful. And of course, I am so grateful to the opportunity, to the chance that my parents and my family gave me when I decided to go and to study the Western knowledge. Because otherwise, we are not nothing, nothing, you know, because we need to pour to hold this title, you know, so... I am so grateful to my teachers, to my masters, to my professors at the college. They are, and they were so great. They they were so incredible, you know, speaking all of this philosophy of the Western civilization, you know, sharing all of this incredible knowledge of Greece, you know, um, and Rome and etc cetera, etc cetera. and politics and politicians and philosophy of french you know people english people etc cetera, etc cetera. i just absorbed all of this information of course it's 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 a good tool my dear it's a good tool it's a good instrument 
it's a really good skill because thanks to this capability to process the information in terms of using this logical mind, I can speak other type of languages, like the English language, you know, because otherwise, like my, my elders, which they are so wise, far, far away from myself, so wise, so powerful, so incredible, far away, but, but they cannot say and speak the truth in a way that the other side, I mean, the Western side can understand because they speak other language, the language of the wisdom, the language of the universe, the language of mother nature, the language of the trees, the birds, the snakes, the jaguars, the rivers, the rocks, and they are capable to speak with the spirits of Mother Nature. That is not a knowledge. That is not related to any single logical approach. It comes naturally. It runs through our DNA that comes from the universe and our ancestors. Every time when we see you and I, and, and we all original people, native people, indigenous people, sit with them, we are already connected to that type of wisdom a singular one. And I mean, Westerners will try and they use the name of shamans, which is okay for me because I am not a shaman, I am a curandera. You know, you are a medicine man. You know, we use other type of language not only the words, not only in your language or my language, in your dialect or my dialect, dialect, we use this universal language that only original people understand. Mm. Is, and it is, doesn't matter if you come from America or from Asia or from <coughs> Russia, it's the same because we already learn to speak this other kind of language. And, wow. and that language is not a tool. It's not a skill. Mm. It is a gift. It is a gift. Edda, there's a thought that I have as you were speaking. It, it often seems that when I'm speaking this language, English, that I'm always at war against the earth. And I think that's what people are, are not seeing, that we speak a language against the earth, mining, extraction, oil. We always want something from the earth that we never give back anything. That's why I say we are at war against the earth. And when you speak about the languages, those languages that we speak are not at war against the earth. They're acknowledging the abundance and the respect and the giving and generosity and appreciation. 
in our DNA. Yes. And I think somehow that has to be sooner or later. That's where we're going to go anyway, to where the indigenous peoples are, not as uh, going back in history, but going forward to the future that we need to now ultimately respect the earth. What do you think about that? Remember, my relative, I live in the Amazon jungle. I already see the suffering of Mother Earth. I already see the exploitation of my indigenous relatives. I already see the ignorance and the indifference of the national government in Peru. So I really want to believe you, and I do. I do, I pray every single morning, every single during the day, you know, calling to the spirits of Mother Nature, talking to the, to the birds and say, please, talking to the trees, please guide me. Hold my soul, hold my spirit, hold my capacity to understand humanity. And, you know, my dear, I, I think the tricky part, the difficult part that I really trying to understand from others is just why humans try, try so hard, hardly to extract any single resource of mother nature, including knowledge, including indigenous knowledge. I just want that. It's a, it's a type of exploitation. It's a, a type of extract the resource, extract the source of this with gift of Mother Nature. I want your knowledge. I want your wisdom. I want you to tell me how do you do in order to connect with the spirits. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Oh my goodness, it's just pure ego, pure ego. It's just, and even worse, my dear, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm, I am already 59 years old, so almost 60 next year. So I have, like I said before, my dear, I have the authority to say, why are you trying to subtract and extract my knowledge? To do what? To make money, to be powerful, to pretend that you are a new type of shaman, a new type of wise people. Oh, please, you know, don't be sarcastic. Don't be awful. Because what is the point? You have to relearn. I talk to them before and today and tomorrow in the same way. Relearn how to honor Mother Earth the relationship with all the relatives that, like the trees, the rivers, the gold, the jaguars, the elephants, and the people who already live there. If you don't understand that part of the relationship with Mother Nature, what is the point? Not because I am so proud of my knowledge, not because I see you as an inferior person. No, I'm not. But what is the point that you want to possess, to possess, dear relative, to possess my knowledge, my power, if you are not capable to honor and understand the language of Mother Nature? So on the last question here, Heda, thank you. That's very powerful. Is 
Does earth lie? See, when I think about our languages, and yet we are talking right now a language of deception. Yes. It's always against itself. But when, and I'm saying indigenous languages are coming from a place of the earth and living with the earth, and yet yes. earth is always true and truth. Yes. So we learn our languages yes. from the earth, and that's why... Yes. The earth doesn't lie. And where are we, what language are we speaking otherwise? Never. She never lies to us. Never. Forever. She's so wise. She's so kind. So reciprocal. Hmm. So generous. She never lied to us. And she never will. The point is our position, our posture as a humanity. That is the problem, my dear. Not her. The problem is us. This is good. Ada Zavala Lopez, and um, I think it's just an honor to have you, that energy from a place that people only read about. They go and experiment with the Amazon, but it's different than... When you live in the Amazon, it's not an experiment, it's an experience. You're living with yes, her yes. there. It's an honor, Edda, to, to be with you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to me to be with you and to share. And, and please extend my gratitude, my greetings to my relatives up in the north. And we talk soon, anytime, anytime. And that is Edda. Zavala Lopez, who is a direct descendant of the Wari people of Peru. She inherited her ancient traditions and knowledge related to plants from her ancestors and the indigenous peoples from the highlands, which are Huachiri and Huanta, and the, from the Amazon rainforest, uh, Shaninka. She's well-educated and studied sociology and anthropology at the Catholic University in Lima, Peru. This is the American Dream by Andera.
Lover, don't make a sound Bring your rifle around When I say hallelujah It's your cue to shoot out the head of the hound Now take your fortune in baby Any won't fit your bed was first as your feet they will curry for their greater chases be This is First Voices Radio. My name is Teokas and Ghost Horse. Our second guest at Kabodi is a multifaceted creative from the Tiwa village of Guapo Owinke of the Hopi village of Shunkabavi. And his creative expressions take the form of paintings and drawings and civil craft and multilingual musical compositions. But Ed himself is an ed- edutainer. He's also a philosopher of, and his band, the Yodis, are known for their catchy melodies, performances, and conscious message. And I catch up with Ed about his recent activities and what the fight is for the Colorado River as they have been, you know, trying to stop the dams and the mining and the extinction, the near extinction of the Colorado River going down into Mexico where they get the short end of the stick. So I think I'm going to start out with how he defines what a coyote water warrior is and we'll go right to Ed Cabote. Life 
จะลุมเมนต์ในไม้ท่านพอยต์ไม้ไม้ใจทุดลันจันเดอร์สกายดูวิสเคดริงเด็กรายกายอายุห้องวิ่งอายุห้องวิ่งพอตาแฮนด์ดับชาร์ลูกโตอเมนทูอินดักสตันใครอยากพอตาพีพวกใครอยากพอตาลันแต่ it's not such me Wisdom. We already know this. We, you and I, we know this stuff as native people. It's our underlying theme. It's our backbone. It's our, it's our marrow to always refer to the earth. When I was listening to your Coyote Soldier, that whole kept standing out. No matter how we refer to Ja or whatever that energy is, is that it's always here. And I wanted to understand. The terms that you have in in your language, and and to me, there, there's so much that we could say about how to understand, especially nowadays with this COVID and things, all things natural, living day to day, as you say through the Coyote Soldier, Ed Cabody. What does that mean to you when you live with this constant recognition of the earth? Because it's in your music. It's in when I'm watching you live on Facebook and. And what you say, it's like there's always that constant reminder of Earth, and in our minds, in our hearts, that Earth comes first because of recognition. I think that I guess just to answer your question, you know, I I feel that as Indigenous people, our lives are very intertwined with the Earth, and actually, all people are. I mean, we're we're part of this Earth. You can't separate us from it. I think it's a matter of recognizing the maternal nature of the earth, recognizing that in the world systems. As Hopi people, when we came into this world, we were given a charge by the Creator that we would live with very simple technologies, and that we would live in harmony with the cycles of the sun, cycles of the moon, cycles of the rains. And this really is. Central to Hopi culture, you know that cooperation and that focus upon moon cycles, upon rain cycles, and uh, a very intricate understanding of those things is important for the proper 
following of the ceremonial calendar as well as our livelihood as farmers, you know. Do you find it difficult to explain to people in, because to me, in, in when we're speaking Lakota, we can feel that, but when we have sure. to explain it in concepts, it becomes like we're having difficulty with it. Do you have that sort of difficulty once in a while? Oh, definitely. I think I think it's really difficult to uh, explain things to people from another culture, you know, what you're understanding is what your paradigm is some of those things are spoken of in our languages and our part of our languages they're kind of built into our languages our understanding of how we see the world and our understanding of spirituality those things are intertwined into our language when we try to explain those things to other people a lot of times when it re- gets regurgitated, you know, by the greater culture, when they try to say, well, this is what so-and-so says, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, no, <laughs> it's like, no. So I, I do think it's very difficult, but vice versa, you know, I probably have a very poor understanding of a lot of things from other world cultures, you know, but I think one thing that is very unifying about indigenous people is the concept as you talked about earlier of the higher power and the integration of earth of rain of of the universe all of that is tied together in our concept of god i'm hearing the the one consciousness of water that you you explained in your song the water warrior coyote soldier what what does that terminology mean (laughs) (laughs) so we have um we have an elder uh, he's actually former Hopi chairman, Vernon Masayaspa. And um, he's he's very outspoken about water, actually. Um, the world's largest strip mining just shut down last year, and that's the Black Mesa Mine here on the joint use lands of Navajo and Hopi. And we were paid 3.3% initially for the market value of coal and $1.67 for every 326,000 gallons of water. And 45 billion gallons of water were taken from uh, underneath underneath us from a, a pristine aquifer, a water system that could have sustained us for the next two to 300 years, but it's gone. And today our people still live many of them without running water. And if you do have running water in Hopi, two thirds of the population that has it can't drink from it. They still have to haul drinking water because it's the, what comes out of a faucet is arsenic contaminated. So Vernon led a fight when he was chairman and afterwards has continued to, to shut down that coal slurry. Coal was slurried by, a pipeline, another, you know, black pipeline in our history, you know, that uh, slurry was shut down back in 2005. There are issues that we're concerned with now, and mostly it concerns the Colorado River, which is considered our continent's most endangered river, and the little Colorado River, which the state has denied us any rights to. It's a tradition, it's on our traditional lands, you know, However, we've been denied any access to that water by the state. So Vernon continues to fight, and he is a coyote clan. He is from the coyote clan. 
So we always refer to him as our band is called the Yodis. We refer to him as Papa Yodi. One day he came to me, he said, you know, you should write a song because his clan is Water Coyote. He says, you know what? You should write a song, call it Water Coyote Soldier, Water Warrior Coyote Soldier. So I took him word for word and we wrote the song Water Warrior Coyote Soldier. Hopi is three, is the middle three fingers. That's our mesas, first, second and third mesa. But we really live on a gigantic mesa, which is Black Mesa. To us, it's the center of the universe where we live. And the cooper, it has the rain cloud, tadpo, yeah, water is life to us, pato, And then you can see that it's wrapped with that uh, string, you know, which is a prayer. It's intertwined, the black and the white intertwined together to represent cooperation with one another, you know, for the sacred sacredness of water. Now, what kind of legacy do you think? I don't like the word legacy, but it seems like you're picking up or you've already been in a consciousness of understanding what water is and what we don't have. But yet around the world, this is happening. People don't understand the the consciousness or the respect or the water that we have. They, they turn their taps on and there's nothing now coming out of it. But what you say is, toxification of water like in flint michigan but this has always mm-hmm. seemed to be happening on on native reservations absolutely yeah so that coastlery depleted our water systems and our water tables i grew up even though we didn't have running water yet we had a lot of springs now we got water from a community pump but we also had springs you know all throughout uh, the area and th- most of those springs are now dried up. We recognize that the water table continues to drop in our region. And most importantly to us is Vernon's fight for Sipapuni. And that's also re- referenced in the song, which represents the womb of Mother Earth, where conceptually our people emerged from. And we recognize this place as representing the heartbeat of not only our area of Black Mesa, but also of the entire world. And so what we see there at Sipapuni, it has a beautiful natural spring that springs with beautiful blue water, yet that spring is now depleted and dropping. For millions of years, according to the scientists, it has been spilling over and creating a great mound which we refer to as a kiba, you know, the original kiba. And it's been doing that growing for millions of years, but that no longer happens. So really, in essence, what it represents to us is the pulse of Mother Earth is weakening. This is a very most tragic thing. Somebody recently asked me, what do you think you'll lose if you lose your fight? about the little Colorado River, if your people lose that fight. And I said, then we lose everything. Then everything is lost. I can't really imagine what happens then. That seems to be um, the way I'm seeing it, is that even as human beings, our first heartbeat is within water. It's within our mother. So it's a heartbeat that goes first and everything else follows. And what you say is true. So I'm thinking about what if we don't have this and you say we lose everything, but what does that immediate future hold? Because I know in the time sequences of the West, they like to think in, you know, like planning the future. 
But how can one plan a future without water, you see? Because it does that start with our thinking? Is it really the source of the spring of is actually coming from how we originally think as native people rather than the secondary concepts of the West, the Western world, European, Occidental? You know, I'm going to I'm going to refer to Vernon again, because, again, he's he's a he has been obviously a very important mentor of mine. But Vernon points out, like you have, you know, that we all come from water, you know, not only from a cultural point of view, do we emerge from water, but also from a scientific point of view. We all come from water. Life originates in water. We all come from the sea. And even, you know, in our birth, you know, we're carried in a sack of water, you know, by our mothers. So we all come from water. And water is that element that integrates all of us as human beings on the face of this earth together. Conceptually, when we pass into the next life, there is also a science lesson because Our people tell us that our spirit rises to join the clouds. Well, this is also true scientifically that the moisture in our body, you know, is released into the atmosphere, which, you know, joins that great cycle of water. So water is what joins all of us together. And again, according to Vernon, all of us together need to recognize that that's what that is. And all of us together, hopefully, in our prayers and in our crying out, can once again, return to a place of centering, again, around water, around the discussion of water. It seems that no matter what we do as Native people, and maybe other people do, they realize this maybe now so much more, is uh, we have to live day to day. We don't plan too much of a future because it seems to rest upon what the earth and how we respect the earth and that's not being seen now. We we are constantly in a Western mind and and languages. We're constantly um, trying to adjust the Earth to our needs, like at Black Mesa. We adjusted oh, yeah. the Earth, and I'm not looking for answers here, Ed. What would happen to us? What would happen to the future? We could say doom and gloom things all we want, but it seems to me is the thinking is is like maybe if we just shift somehow that we we don't have to adjust the earth to our needs anymore and as i mentioned before we need to adjust we need to adjust ourselves to her needs and you just recently spent time on the river with the river and i'm yes. pretty sure a lot of that intelligence came from her um, what you are doing with your music, what you're doing in real life, and you're getting that education, yet you're you're staying strong to the backbone of, of Hopi. I certainly hope so, you know, because I feel like that our responsibility about living with our environment, you know, comes back to that center place of our culture, that original charge that we were given when we came into this world. But uh, yeah, I mean... Being on the river was an amazing thing, and I'm referring to the Colorado, the most endangered river. You know, there's the states of Wyoming and Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, California. They all, you know, dip into the resources of that water, not to mention Mexico, which really has gotten the short end of the stick, who all have been formally fed by that water system. And I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about the land. I'm talking about the ecosystems all along that great river. 
And now that the dams have been established, and basically when you're going down the Colorado through the Grand Canyon, you're going from one dam to another dam. The life has changed a whole lot. The Colorado is named by the Spanish for its color, the color of red, Colorado. But it never flows red in that section anymore, hardly, because it would flow red because of all of the sediment that was coming from its tributaries that would feed it, you know, and it would just be this mighty river in the spring, you know. I mean, I can't even imagine how powerful that river would be raging through the canyon, you know, in the springtime, but it would be depositing that sediment and giving life all around it as it goes. And now we've trapped up all of that life-giving sediment into the dams. And so, and the water that we release, of course, is beautiful, clear water, but endangers the life of the animals that are there that can't exist in the now the much colder water system. The river compact of the Colorado River is going to be revisited soon. And we'll see what happens, you know, between these states that have chopped up and bought and sold the Colorado River. As Vernon says, you know, we, we've attempted to control. We, this is what we've done. But now we recognize that the rivers are running dry. And so what we need is a new paradigm, a new paradigm shift that recognizes that we don't control. It's a paradigm shift that acknowledges Mother Nature. It's our higher powers that control. You know? Wow. It sounds like you're saying we need a new paradigm shift to look at the old way of doing something. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, Most so, definitely. so going out, Ed Cabote, can we talk a little bit about the song Hopi Land? It seems oh, that you, uh, you just addressed, it, you addressed some of this. Um, you work with the Hopi cultural aspects of, of your music and what you do in life. And now you've adapted a lot of your music with reggae to other uh, genres to bring out more messaging of that. You know, you're expressing Hopi. I, I feel you from the southwest of, of Turtle Island, and I'm from the central part of Turtle Island, but that's what I'm feeling, and there's no language to separate us here, just like there mm-hmm. should be no language to separate us from the earth, but it, yet there is. And so when I hear Hopi land, it feels more related rather than the word connected. So it's yeah. a relational language, yeah. Yeah, Hopi land is actually... Uh take off on a song from Maris Yahu, who is uh, a Jewish artist. And uh, he wrote a song about his heritage, his home, his ancestral home. And in that song, you know, he expresses his longing, you know, and I said, well, I understand that. I understand that with my home, but my home is on the other side of the globe. To me, our home is the center place of the universe, yeah. Hopi land. So the song is really kind of a little bit of a history, you know, that talks about how we came into this world, how we migrated through this world, the wisdom that was maybe entrusted to us, maybe another way of looking at it was put in front of us to gain if we would walk and live in a certain manner. Then it talks about, you know, the coming of the Castilam, the the uh, Spanish, back in 1539, it talks about our war with Spain in 1680, 
It talks about boarding schools. You know, all these things that have come to assault us on our in our own home. You know, these things that have brought great disruption to our lives and now brought great disruption not only to the people, but now also to the lands. The song is crying out and say, man, I, I can't. I can't forget you. That's what all of life to me is wrapped up in, is that charge to live in harmony in our homeland, to be, to be at peace with the universe. That's my longing for us, obviously, and for the rest of the world. And it ends, you know, with mentioning all the villages in Hopi. Dewa Owinge, you know, Sichomove, Wope, Palaka, Misangnabe, Sipalabe, Sumopabe. Uh, and it just mentions all of them, you know, just, again, just giving, giving love to the peeps. It's an honor, Ed, always uh, to talk with you and feel what the energy from your songs and especially from the land down here in the Southwest. And I'm in the Northeast, in the mountains, and the understanding is so deep. And that's, to me, the, the dimension, the, the paradigm shift, the new paradigm, is that if we understood the familiarity of a lot of people came here to the new land, to the, and I say, well, it's, it's the energy. It's, it's not a tired land as if Europe is a tired land, you see, because it's been overused and abused for centuries long before they got here, the Pahana got here if that's the right word, but uh, the Washichu got here, the, the mindset to spread of is that this still is a new refreshing land to come to, but yet it's still giving as much as you can, And and but we forgot to give back to be generous. I think our, our language is part of that generosity, and I wanted to go out with your final thoughts. I guess my final thoughts, you know, for me are always centered again on the people and lands of the Colorado Plateau. And when I refer to the Colorado Plateau, I'm referring to, you know, a giant kind of mesa structure, you know, in the four corner states that has the most number of square parks per square mile, Grand Canyon National Park, Zion National Park, Arches National Park. And yet it's one of the most exploited lands for uranium, oil, and coal. So, I just encourage, you know, people as they come to visit us in our homeland and that carry us with them in their hearts and we'll be sending prayers out to them as also uh, they send those back to us. So, love and okay. respect. Keep howling. And you have been listening to First Forces Radio and that was Ed Kabodi. You can find him on Facebook, Ed, K-A-B-O-T-I-E, on Facebook. This is First Voices Radio. My name is Teokasen, Ghost Horse. And thank you for joining us. Oh, P-Land, if I forget you, fire not gonna come from me tongue. Oh, P-Land, if I forget you, let my right hand forget what it's supposed to do. In the ancient day, during a migration way, Following the sign that job provide with no delay We've been traveling from a place to place Seeking understanding by what the spirits say Ten thousand years in the land of the free And them want me to give up my right to property Don't you see? 
It never belonged to you and me. We were given permission if we live in harmony. Hope you land if I forget you. Fire nagan come from me tongue. Hope you land if I forget you. Let my right hand forget what it's supposed to do. The dusty lump come in at 1540. Years gone by, about 60 when we were burned in the oven in the 17th century. And them tried to conquer, but them can't conquer me. I would not lie down, I would not fall asleep. I remember how they held our fathers in captivity. Took the children, erased their memory, changed their name and their identity. Remember who you are and your people's history. How we came into this land to live in humility. No more exploitation for their filthy money. We all know that's not the way to be. Hope you land if I forget you. Fire not gonna come from me tongue. Hope you land if I forget you. Let my right hand forget what it's supposed to do. Caught up in these ways and the world's gone crazy. Don't you know it's just a phase? Case that assignment says, if I neglect the truth, then my world won't penetrate. Babylon burning through the place, can't see through the haze. Chop down all of their dirty ways. That's the price that you pay for selling lies to the youth. No way, not okay. Oh no way, not okay. And now. Oh. Break my stride, and no one gonna hold me down. Oh no, oh, I got to keep on moving, stay alive, stay alive. We gonna stay alive. They want our wing. Down in the village, yeah. Down, 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 down in the village, yeah. Hope you land if I forget you. Fire not gonna come from me, son. Hope you land if I forget you. Let my right hand forget what it's supposed to do. Hope you land if I forget you. Fire not gonna come from me tongue. Hope you land if I forget you.